Welcome to Journal Talk, a weekly podcast about journal writing for passion, clarity, and purpose. Passion. Reignite that passion for the things and people you care about most. Clarity. Discover who you are and what you really want. Purpose. Get to the heart of life's issues to remember your divine purpose. And now, here's your host of Journal Talk, Nathan Oren. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 44 of Journal Talk. This is the podcast where we talk about the many benefits and many, many techniques of journal writing. And today, I'd like to talk about one of the lesser-known techniques of journal writing. Maybe it's one of the lesser-known avenues of journal writing. It's a, it's a very powerful type of writing. It can be very rewarding, but you just don't find a whole lot of information about it. It's called dream journaling, and that is writing about the dreams that you have at night using your journal to connect with the images and the material of your nighttime dreams. You really don't see too much about it out there, and maybe that's because, well, probably because there's still so much that we don't understand about dreams and why we dream and whether or not dreams really have any deep meanings. But I've been facilitating the uh, Dream Journaling Workshop for the past year and a half now. And I have to say, I have found them to be fascinating, fun, and very helpful. It's actually become one of the most popular journal writing courses that I offer at Write for Life. And it always fills up within the first couple of weeks of registration. I want to tell you a little bit about it. I first learned about the power of dreams. In my senior year of high school, we had a very progressive school counselor. Her name is Phyllis Moloff. Shout out to Phyllis. Hello, Phyllis. I hope you're listening. (laughs) She is, uh, you might say, one part hippie, (laughs) love and peace and, and everything nice, and two parts English teacher and one part psychologist, I suppose, a Carl Jung fan. And, and she always had a fun way of attracting and challenging the brightest students in the school with interesting games and activities and topics. And Phyllis became a friend of my family in a way because she helped me through some very dark times that, that I was experiencing personally. And I, I confided in her. And one thing that Phyllis taught me was how to remember my dreams and pay attention to them and use them to really uncover some amazing things about my relationships and uh, other issues that I care about in my waking real life. So here we are years later, and I've designed this course. It's six weeks, plus there's a, a recap week. There's sort of seven weeks of instruction altogether. And we have awareness assignments, not just journal writing, but it does include journal writing. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm going to offer it up again here real soon, so I'll share the details with you later. More about the dream journaling, though. I took the Progoff Intensive Journal Workshop, you might remember, back in the spring of this past year, and I found that Ira Progoff had included some dream journaling exercises in his curriculum as well. So there was a lot for me to to expand on and to and to grow from. And I've even improved my course a little bit. I've experimented with some new techniques. And then just this past summer, I attended a weekend retreat that was right here in Santa Barbara with Dr. Steven Eisenstadt. 
He is the head of the Pacifica Graduate Institute. It's a uh, institute dedicated to depth psychology. And I didn't realize that right here in my own backyard is one of the preeminent thought leaders on, uh, he calls it dream tending, the combination of, uh, you know, paying attention to your dreams and psychotherapy. And wow, that workshop was really, really amazing. And it was attended by, must have been well over 200 people including it had they had uh, counselors and therapists and astrologers and yoga reiki masters many of these people came from countries all over the world to learn from dr eisenstadt how to incorporate dream work in their unique practice of of helping people so there's a broad base of knowledge and experience that I'm speaking from today. And in this episode of Journal Talk, I'd like to answer uh, some of the most common questions that I get about dreams and dream journaling. And then later I'll share with you a journal writing exercise that you can use tonight to inspire some of your most favorite dreams. So let's begin. First of all, I want to share with people that in case you're a skeptic or you think that dreams and dream therapy and paying attention to your dreams is a waste of your time, trust me, I agree with you. i 100% behind it. There's no sense in wasting your time with dreams unless you're able to gain some valuable insight in your actual life. I mean, let's let's face it. It's not worth digging into something. It would probably be more beneficial to read the back of a cereal box to get insight from your life if you think that there is no possibility there. You know, I mean, you've got more important things to do. We're all busy people. Who really reads the back of the cereal boxes? I'm a very pragmatic person, and I don't want to waste your time or my time. If this weren't something that I felt was valuable, Trust me, I've got plenty of other topics I could be talking about. There's lots of things that are waiting in the in the uh, queue to be featured here on Journal Talk. So this is not filler material. I really do think that there's something worthwhile here. But if you don't see that there's value, I completely understand the skepticism. There's no sense in wasting time with dreams unless... You're able to get valuable insights in your actual life. And I really believe that's true. You can get really amazing, amazing ideas, creativity. You're going to be aware of some of the things that you're processing about it. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. The first thing I want to do is talk a little bit about the scientific word of the study of dreams. It's called onerology. Now, I think I'm pronouncing that right. It could possibly be Unirology, but it is O-N-E-I-R-O-L-O-G-Y, onerology. And that's the scientific word for the study of dreams. The scientific study of dreams is known as onerology. And scientists have been studying about dreams, both in humans and in animals, for many, many years. Onerology dates back to the middle 1800s in France. But all of the more recent understandings, the more relevant material come from the early 1950s when we first discovered that there was a normal sleeping cycle during the night, that people, human beings in particular, went through a very specific 
cycles of sleep during the night. And we've learned a lot since the 1950s, uh, a lot, lot, lot of stuff, but there's still so much more that we're learning. Scientists are still debating about a lot of the things about what dreams are and what they mean. One thing that they all seem to agree about, this is true, we all dream every single night. And if you're one of those people who never remembers your dreams or maybe just very rarely remembers your dreams, you might think that you're not one of those people that dreams every night, but you are. And you're in for a treat because there's some things you can do to get more acclimated or, or more. You can render that skill of remembering your dreams following just a few basic steps. And you'll be surprised. You're in for a treat. We all dream every night. You're one of them. And uh, scientists have estimated that more than 100,000 dreams are dreamt in a person's lifetime. And almost all of those dreams are completely forgotten. <laughs> They're evaporated as soon as you wake up. So don't worry. It is completely normal to forget your dreams in the morning. And that's why <laughs> the very first objective in my dream journaling workshop is to help people remember their dreams. There's techniques that you can use. And we promise that if you follow the assignments and the techniques that are shared in the course, you will definitely be able to remember enough about your dreams to get valuable insights in your life guaranteed or your money back. So that's one of the, the funnest things about it is to, to see people really waking up to their dreams. But it's not as difficult as you might think because and this is some more good news, is not only do we dream every night, but we actually have multiple dreams every night, usually at least four in an eight-hour period, but sometimes it could be dozens all in one night. The first dream is usually shorter, and it lasts some, somewhere around five minutes long. And the last dream before we wake up is usually the longest one, much longer. Sometimes it could be up to 20 or 30 minutes. And you may have heard about the REM cycle sleep, R-E-M, rapid eye movement. You may have seen somebody in a deep sleep or a, a pet. I've seen this with my dog where the eyeballs, uh, even, even though you can't see their eyes, Underneath their eyelids, you can still see the movement of their eyes darting back and forth very quickly. And these movements are indicators that there's brain activity associated with dreaming. So in the early stages of sleep, when we first fall to sleep, those REM sessions are shorter and dreams tend not to be as vivid, both in the, the images and the colors and the emotions of the dream. And when you wake up, during a short REM cycle, you might not remember very much. There were experiments done in the laboratory where people would report about 50% of what they, they, they could, they had about 50% recall when they were woken up from a short REM cycle. But then progressively during the night, as your body's more relaxed, you're in a deeper state of sleep, those REM cycles are longer. The images of your dreams and the emotions and the colors are much more vivid. Then the recall rate is much higher. When you wake up from one of those REM cycles that's much deeper, in some tests, people, 99% of people were able to report uh, what they were dreaming about. And those, that's when they had REM cycles that were at least 15 to 20 minutes. All this st stuff I'm uh, collected information 
uh, and I, I get it sent to me regularly because I'm, I'm so curious and interested about the, the dream stuff. When you add it all up, okay, we spend more than two hours out of every night's sleep, assuming you get, you know, like the, the average six to eight hours of sleep, about two hours of that is dreaming or in a dreamlike state. And over your lifetime, we spend on average about six years of our life dreaming. Wow, that's a whole six years that you know nothing about. It's <laughs> a whole six years of your life that you have no access to, no clue about, unless you're able to listen, unless you're able to pay attention to your dreams. And there's all kinds of other fun facts that I love about dreaming I probably don't have time for this in this podcast, but I, I do share them in the Dream Journaling Workshop. And I'll, I'll just give you an example. Researchers at the uh, New York University suggested that wakefulness and REM sleep, R-E-M sleep, those are essentially very similar brain states. The brain is doing the exact same thing as your waking life when you're experiencing a dream. And this is so interesting to me because it means that our brains are processing like we're awake. Our brains are processing, they're thinking, chewing on things that are important to us during the day. And that's why I know it is so valuable to listen in and pay attention because those thoughts could play a very important part in your problem solving, in your creativity in your relationships, whatever it is that you care about, your mind is working on it at night. And if you had the ability to tap into those thoughts and understand those messages, you would have access to a whole new dimension of yourself that you could possibly be ignoring right now. So that's what I kind of set up as the dream journaling workshop. I match it and compare it to journaling all the time because people who do journaling you know the power of paying attention to your thoughts. You already know the power of being aware of what you're thinking and being aware that your thinking is one big part of who you are, but it's not everything. And you can kind of direct your thinking. You can kind of, when you pay attention to your thoughts, you get so much, so, so much, and it's endless. There's endless opportunities in dream journaling. So that's the setup. I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to answer a couple more questions about dream journaling that I often get. One question is, which people benefit the most from their dreams? Which people get the most out of paying attention to their dreams? And, and then I have a dream journaling exercise for you. And of course, I'll share with you if you want to find out more about this dream journaling workshop. I'm happy to share about it. Let's take a quick break. I'll be right back. You're listening to Journal Talk. If you're enjoying this conversation, then you'll love receiving our weekly show summaries. These are short articles, complete with links to additional resources and book recommendations for each episode of Journal Talk. Head over to our website at writeforlife.us and subscribe to Journal Talk. You'll receive a free index of past episodes, plus a weekly summary and reminder when a new episode is published. Thanks again for listening. And now, Back to more Journal Talk. Welcome back to Journal Talk. I'm your host, Nathan Oren. And here in episode 44, I've been giving you a sneak peek of my dream journaling workshop. So if you're intrigued by what you've heard so far and you want to learn more, 
I'm going to share a couple things here, but I uh, also want to encourage you to um, head over to my website at www.dreamjournaling.net. It is .net at the end and not .com because I like to think of the idea of a net that captures your dreams. You know, in the Native American tradition, the early Native Americans here uh, had a concept of a dream catcher, and it looks like a big uh, fishing net with some nice uh, decorations and feathers around the side, and the thought is that you capture your dreams in those nets at night. Some people will buy them and hang them over their bed or around their bedroom so they can use them as symbols to capture dreams. And it's it's my favorite analogy to uh, the, the website, dreamjournaling.net. On that site, you'll see on that page, there's really good ways to get some information there. There's a link to register for the course. If you already know you're wanting to get information about the course and, and sign up, you can certainly find information about the course. There's also a Stay Informed button, and that will add you to my uh, Dream Journaling mailing list so that you can learn more as I'm learning more, and, and, and I send out regular uh, updates about Dream Journaling practice and Dream Journaling ideas and activities. You could also download a journaling dream capture that's a page of prompts that could help you with the types of details to record. I find people uh, really like the idea of having something next to their bed and a dream catcher journal page is a great tool. I've got, I designed one uh, about a year back and it's helped people. So anyway, before we wrap up this episode, I wanted to do two things. I got a couple of questions I wanted to answer about dream journaling in general. One was which people benefit the most from their dreams and learning about their dreams. And then I have a cool dream journaling exercise that I invite you to do right here, right now, while you're awake, of course. <laughs> we don't mean dream journaling like you're journaling while you're asleep and you're journaling in your dreams. We, we're talking about journaling in the daytime about, about your dreams. All right, so who benefits the most from dreams and learning about dreams? Believe it or not, the people who get the most wow, the most excitement, and the most insight from learning about their dreams are actually people who don't currently remember their dreams very much. Those are the people who are amazed to learn how much information they are actually processing at night. Another group of people are those who do remember some of their dreams, they just don't know how to use them or play with them or to hear the messages that they contain. And that's the other question I'll answer. But before I get to that, dreams often appear to be random and illogical. And when we wake up, even if we do remember them, we often dismiss them as being nonsense. But if you learn how to listen and observe your dreams in the language that dreams are happening, you can get so much insight, creativity, problem solving that's directly related to the things that you care about the most in your waking life. And it's funny, you know, I've taught the dream journaling course, like I said, about two years now. And consistently, consistently, the people who give me the best kudos or the best testimonials, the most heartfelt expressions of gratitude at the end of the course are the ones, 
you know, the, the one, the people who basically had the best time uh, with the course are the people who learned the most about themselves. People like my friend Paris, people who started off as, shall we say, a little skeptical, or maybe some of them were even a, were more than a little skeptical. I'll, there's a great story about Paris and the, how the dream journaling course got started. Paris is my friend, uh, helped me out tremendously when I was first putting the website Right for Life together. And I, I share this in, in the course. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the information here. It's, the story is really great. Paris and I, we'd been working together at a company for, for several years. And, um, when I was putting together the easy journaling Right for Life, you know, website, I brought him on to be part of the team because I needed some technical help. And he's also very astute when it comes to business branding. And as he started to help me out, I asked him if he wanted to take one of my courses so that he could understand what it is that, you know, what what I'm selling, what I'm sharing with people. <laughs> and so he did. He signed up for the Passion, Clarity, Purpose journal writing course. And it seemed to be going well, but... About week two or week three of the course, I realized that Paris was not really doing that well with it. Um, he told me that that he didn't really know what to write about. And I kept giving him some suggestions and we'd go offline. I would work with him privately, even after our workshop phone calls. Uh, we held our workshop calls on Sunday nights and he and I would stay on the phone or pick up later in the week. And he would just tell me, you know, what do I write about? And he would write, you know, shopping lists and uh, to-do lists. And he would, you know, if, if he composed an email for work or, or to a friend, he would consider that his, his journal writing. And I said, no, 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 Paris, write about something personal. Write about, you know, your thoughts, your feelings, your innermost ideas. Talk about things that are going on in your inner world as well. It's good to write about the exterior and the outside world, but write about the inner world as well. How's that affecting you? What's that doing for you? And he just, he said, well, my shopping list is personal. <laughs> That's what he told me. And uh, I wanted to reach through the phone and shake him, you know, Paris, there's so much more. And finally, I said, Paris, why don't you write about your dreams? Because there's no escaping, okay? Your dreams are very personal. They're very private. There's no way in the world you can escape yourself if you start writing about your dreams. And he said, he said, fine. But he told me the problem is that he didn't really dream or he didn't dream that much. There's no way that he's going to have something to write about every day or even every week. He might get a dream. He said, maybe if I'm lucky, once every few months. And so I convinced him with the websites and the and the research that I that I had collected that we all dream every night. And I, I showed him, you know, this this is stuff. Your brain is working. You you do have REM sleep. You're a normal human being. And so that's when I started to pull out everything that I had learned from my high school counselor Phyllis Moloff. And I started to add a few of my own little goodies and you know kind of show him the ropes of how to detect your dreams, how to how to remember them and what to learn about them. And now today, here it is a year later, a year and a half later, we have a whole course 
that's designed to help people remember and learn from their dreams. And at the end of these six weeks, while, while the rest of everybody else in the Passion, Clarity, Purpose course, they were getting Passion, Clarity, and Purpose, <laughs> Paris was getting the first beta test a run of a dream journaling course. And he was a whole new person at the end of that six weeks. Not only did he get what journaling was really all about, he definitely saw the value of listening to and understanding his dreams. And he said that this is a whole new doorway of access into myself. And uh, he was so moved by what he learned that he posted the most inspirational, the most heartwarming testimonial that I've ever read on my uh, website. So it goes to show you it's the people who are the most skeptical or the people who don't really dream that much or think they don't dream that much that end up getting the most out of this course. So um, the other question I wanted to answer was, you know, how do we get to the meaning of dreams? You know, I don't want somebody, Nathan, you're a great guy and all, but I don't, I don't want you telling me, you know, what my dreams mean. And don't worry, I don't. <laughs> I, I equip you with tools that you can extract the meaning for yourself. And to be honest, nobody should be telling you what your dreams mean, okay? And that's one of the things I learned from Dr. Steven Eisenstadt. Even in the areas where I thought that I was giving some good advice and coaching, I learned that there's so many different interpretations for the very same thing in dreams. You really got to be careful about who and how and when you suggest that somebody might be dreaming about in their, you know, what it means. So I don't tell anybody what their dreams mean. Uh, what I do is I coach a technique, a journal practice that really helps you get to the bottom of those images and understand what they mean for you. Because after all, you're the one that is making those associations and, and having those images. So I, I don't turn to any dream dictionary. I don't believe in any of those. That to me is the kooky, wacky stuff when you start opening the, the dream dictionaries and looking up, oh, you dreamt about a key. That means you're trying to unlock something. What could you be unlocking? You know, are you trying to unlock your partner from his, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't follow that. I believe that we all are doing our own thinking and what's great is just to tap into it. So, all right, I've got an exercise. Are you ready for this? Let's try a journal writing exercise. And I've specifically made this a very short episode intentionally because this exercise, I'm going to take some time with it. So you can listen to it now while you're jogging or in the car or on your way to work or whatever. But if you want to come back and do this again, when you have some time to sit down and actually do it, I'm going to go through this kind of slowly because dream journaling is, it's one of those styles of journaling that you don't want to do in a huge rush. You don't want to rush it. You want to take some time with it. Not to say that you can't do a dream journaling exercise in a short period of time. Once you learn kind of the mechanics of it, there are certainly some great ways uh, to jot down your thoughts. And that's what the Dream Catcher journal does. Helps people to really quickly get to the heart of some of the things in their dreams without spending a lot of time. But here we go. If you're ready to try something out for yourself, here is a dream journaling exercise that you can start off with. It's a beginner's uh, level, and it's really just the tip of the iceberg, but there's so much potential that could open up. There's some really great, valuable techniques right here in this one exercise. So I've got a prompt for you. 
I'll start off with the prompt and then we'll do some suggestions for how to carry that out. The prompt is, if you could give yourself a magic power, what would it be? If you could give yourself a magic power, any magic power you wanted, what would you choose? What would you choose and how would you activate it and how would you use that magic power? That's the fun part. So that's the prompt. If you could give yourself any magic power, what would it be? How would you activate it? And what would you do with it? And let your imagination go wild. Any magic power. You could become invisible. You could time travel. You could paint anything in the world, including the air in front of you, just by touching it. Or one of my favorites, my magic power, I love to fly. I really, I, I like to be able to levitate and move around in space. So that's the prompt. My suggestion is that once you pick a magic power, so pick one out and one that one that inspires you, you want to start the journal writing exercise in a particular way. So you want to find a quiet place to take a deep breath or two or three. And before you start writing, you want to invite your mind to settle a little bit. You want to get relaxed. And you want to allow the analytical functions of your mind to soften up a bit. And that way you can tap into the less restrictive, the more creative parts of your mind while you're doing your journal writing exercise. So I encourage you to take a full two to three minutes even. It doesn't sound like a lot of time, but when you're sitting there in front of a blank page getting ready to write, two to three minutes might feel a little long. Just allow your body to relax. Uh, one thing I do is a body scan. Start from the top of my head. Take deep breaths. Scan all the way down to my toes, one body part at a time. Or you could start from your toes and work up to your head. Don't forget your shoulders and, and, and arms. Slowly letting go of any tensions, any tightness in your muscles. Keep breathing. It's really good to do full inhales, full exhales. Very slowly. And after the two or three minutes, when you feel that your mind and your body are fully relaxed, you're almost entering that sort of twilight, that, that space between awakeness and asleepness, when you're bringing your mind closer to the shall we call it the subconscious level? And that's when you start to think about your magic power. Start to imagine what it would be like to have that magic power that you thought about. And how would you invoke that power? What turns it on? What gets it going? What, what do you have to do to initiate that magic power? And allow whatever images to just come to you. Don't worry about writing them down right away. Just notice what it is that you want and what's happening around you. You can close your eyes and just imagine. And you might spend another two or three minutes just visioning a scene where you are activating your magic power and go through the experience of using it. What do you do? Where do you go? What do you see? What do you feel? What do you hear? What do you taste? And the writing assignment is to log 
all of that imagery. So it's not quite a dream. It's a semi-asleep, semi-awake state of mind. It certainly isn't a full REM sleep. So it's not necessarily that true that we're going to get, you know, into the deep, dark corners of your subconscious thinking. But if you write down what you did and what you felt in as much detail as you can, there is some good information there. And if nothing else, one thing I like to say is that this exercise will actually, I have found in my experience, it will help to encourage dreams. So you do this before you go to sleep. You can do it anytime during the day, but also before you go to sleep, it might actually inspire a dream. You could invoke one of your favorite dreams this way, just by thinking and, and settling, relaxing, and writing it out. And write down as much detail as you can. Take another, I would say, three to five minutes uh, writing down all that happened. So the whole experience from beginning to end is only about 15 to 20 minutes. It's not a long exercise. And then wrap up the writing at the end by asking yourself this question. Okay, how did that experience feel? How did that exercise make you feel? And I include just another paragraph or maybe even just a couple of sentences to write down whatever observations that you have at the end of that experience. After it's all been done, after you had the imagination of using the magic power and you wrote about it as much as you can, now stop and reflect. What are the observations that you had? What did, what did you like about it? What did you not like about it? Just check in with yourself. See if you're left with any feelings at the end of it. Uh, you might you might have opened up some feelings of peacefulness or gratitude. Sometimes anxiety comes up. Sometimes silliness comes up. I sometimes get a feeling of whimsy and, you know, feeling silly. And write down any feelings that you notice you're experiencing after that whole writing exercise is done. And then just take one minute making the, those notes. And I think that wraps up the exercise. And let me know how you like it. Let me know what you think. If you feel so moved, put a comment. I love comments at the end of the page where the podcasts are held. So, in fact, I think that wraps up our episode of Journal Talk this time. So, thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, like I said, I always appreciate leaving them. I'll give you the actual URL for this. So, if you have comments you want to leave me, I love reading them. I usually respond to every single one. It's www.writeforlife.us slash dreamjournalingpodcast. And that's all one word, no hyphens, no spaces. I love getting comments. Once again, the information about the Dream Journaling Workshop, if you're interested in that, can be found over on my other website, dreamjournaling.net, www.dreamjournaling.net. We've got some great stuff coming up in the next few podcasts. I have a whole host of brand new journaling folks and also some very, very experienced journaling folks. But all of them, all of them have great things to share. And I'm really inspired by the message that they have. So keep in tune for that. Also, we are doing the Journal Talk Q&A every two weeks. So twice a month, you get a question answered. Feel free to send in a question anytime you have uh, that might be featured. And thanks again for listening, everybody. Have a great, great rest of your week and keep on writing.
This episode of Journal Talk is copyright and brought to you by Write for Life, a web resource for living with passion, clarity, and purpose through journal writing. Find us online at www.writeforlife.us, spelled W-R-I-T-E, the number four, L-I-F-E dot U-S. Thanks again for listening to Journal Talk. Journal Talk.